church in the valley uh, on this very, very nice and warm Sunday morning. We are so glad you guys are here. As you guys are filing in to get your seats, go ahead and you guys can find our lyric sheets over there if you're in person, or you can find them online at civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday. You can also find our service notes there and follow along with Adam as he gives this final message in our summer series. But uh, as, we, uh, as we file in, why don't we go ahead and uh, stand up and let's get started with our worship. Here we go, five, six, seven, ten.
king. There's a king. Here we go. There is a king of glory. There is a God who saves, one who is strong and mighty. Freedom is in his name. So open the gates of heaven. Lift up a shout of praise. There is a lion roaring. Jesus, the king of glory. There is a lion roaring. Jesus, the king of glory. Amen.
that we will be ready to receive you and to receive your word. And we pray that as Adam speaks today, that you will fill him and that you will give him your words to speak and that he will be someone that really um, just really speaks your word to us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. morning, everyone, and welcome to Church in the Valley. Uh, whether you're here in person or online, uh, we're so happy that you guys decided to join us this morning. Uh, my name is Diego Cervantes. I serve here on the facilities team, as well as with the youth group. Uh, and today I'll just be giving your announcements. Um, you can find the song lyrics, uh, as well as the listening guide and connection card at civalhambra.com Sunday. Uh, there are also a few paper copies of those things, as well as uh, kids' worksheets and notepaper, uh, as well as offering envelopes over at the table to my left. As a reminder, uh, we won't be passing around offering buckets, uh, but you're welcome to give online or drop your offering bucket, uh, drop your offering in the bucket uh, on your way out today. Um, if you're a guest this morning, we have a special gift for you. Uh, it's a book called How Good Is Good Enough. And whether you're a first-time guest or you've heard me say this plenty of times, I really recommend the book. Uh, it's over there at the guest resource table. Fall groups are here, uh, and they'll be starting uh, the week of September 20th. Highly recommend. Uh, we're offering gr community groups in three different formats to meet everyone's needs. The first will be in person. Uh, the second will be online via Zoom. And then the third is kind of a hybrid, where some people will be attending in person, and some people will be attending online. Unfortunately, because of COVID-19, the church will not be able to provide childcare uh, uh, for uh, go attending C groups. You can find a list of the groups on our website or on a flyer at the resource table. There's a lot at that table. I recommend visiting it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can sign up today. Uh, you can sign up through a link at the top of our website, um, at the top of the online connection card, or go directly to the website. Each group will only have 10 people, so I recommend signing up quickly uh, because they're going to fill up quick. Uh, so once again, uh, we're glad that you guys are here with us. Uh, let's pray together and then welcome up Adam for his message. Father, uh, we just thank you so much that you have given us this place of worship, that you've given us each other um, to be here, to encourage one another, to hear your word. I pray, God, that you would please just bless Adam as he gives the message and bless us with hearts that are willing to learn. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Diego, and thank you, Victor, and the worship team for leading us uh, in worship. Diego, uh, you are a wiser man than I am for wearing shorts today, brother. I don't know what I was thinking. You all look relatively cool. Uh, well, here's the good news. God in his providence led me to select Psalm 131 as our psalm for today. Psalm, 30, uh, psalm 131 being one of the shorter psalms uh, on one of the hotter days of the year, if not the hottest day of the year. So... Uh, that, that's sort of a counterexample to the problem of evil. If somebody ever says, I can't believe in God, you know, God's providence in situations like this just reminds us that he is really good. So do turn in your Bibles to Psalm 131. And we are going to be talking about having a soul at peace. And if you were with us uh, back in, I think, March when we looked at Psalm 62, uh, Psalm 131 is going to echo a lot of those same themes the theme of being at peace. 
And so turn to Psalm 131. Last week we're, we were in the longest psalm, and this morning we're in one of the shortest psalms. The shortest psalm is actually Psalm 117, so this is three verses, that's two. But you'll bear with me. Psalm 131, let me read and then we'll pray. A song of ascents of David, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray. Father, I I do ask that you would give us grace this morning to to not only read, but to understand, and to understand in such a way that it produces faith and hope and love. God, I don't know where each person here this morning is at, spiritually, emotionally, in their life, but Lord, you do, and your spirit within them is able to counsel and encourage and lift up their hearts where they're down and encourage them where they're discouraged and challenge them where they need to be challenged. And so, Lord, we we ask you to do what only you can do, but enable me, God, by your spirit to do what I am called to do, to preach your word and help us, Lord, all to hear it and receive it and live it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Spurgeon says this of Psalm 131. He says, it takes a short time to read and a long time to learn. So let's start there. Psalm 31 takes a short time to read. I don't know what that, I didn't clock us, but that didn't take us too long. Psalm 31 takes a short time to read and a long time to learn. And Spurgeon is right. This psalm punches above its weight. So don't mistake the brevity of the psalm for simplicity. This is a profound and complex message. But if you understand it, it will help you immensely. It takes a short time to read and a long time to learn. And what we're trying to learn is how to have a soul that's at peace. Last week in Psalm 119, if you weren't here, you can listen online. But, but in, in essence, Psalm 119 is showing us how God's word revives our soul when our soul is down. It directs us, it revives us. So last week we saw a soul in distress, a soul melting away, a soul in need of revival. And this morning we see a soul at peace. And that's what this passage does. This passage encourage us, encourages us to have more peace and more contentment. And, and who wouldn't want that? Who doesn't want more peace? Who doesn't want more contentment? More peace in your family, more peace in your relationships, more, more peace and contentment in life in general. And, and, and we live in a society that, where there's no shortage of things to sell you to try to get peace and contentment. Candles to burn, Incense to burn, sounds to listen to, mattresses to lay on, pillows to cradle your head. There's a long list of people wanting to sell you things that will give you peace, but none of them do. None of them really give lasting peace and contentment. And Psalm 131, like Psalm 62, enables us to have lasting peace and contentment. If we understand what it teaches, if we apply what it teaches then we can leave here today on a trajectory towards more rest. So the outline this morning, and and this is in the notes, uh, is is a little bit out of order. But first we're going to look at an illustration of peace. 
And then we're going to look at the source of peace. And then we're going to look at the result of peace. The picture or the illustration, the source and the result. And here's the big idea. This is what you need to understand. The big idea is that in order to experience peace with God, we need to experience humility before God. Peace comes out of humility. Peace comes from humility. So as we begin to look at this psalm, notice that Psalm 131 starts out by saying it's a psalm of ascent. A psalm of ascent is a psalm that they would have sung on their way up to Jerusalem. And as they're going up to Jerusalem, they are going up and they are singing songs as they prepare to worship God. And as they, as they prepare to worship God, they are singing songs in preparation to get their hearts prepared for sacrifice. The major festivals, the festival of Passover, the festival of Pentecost, the festival of booths. These are festivals where they're journeying to Jerusalem. And as they journey to Jerusalem, they are thinking about their state before God. They're thinking about their sin. They're thinking about their need for salvation. And David says in the context of going up to Jerusalem, he says in verse 2, he says, my soul is like a weaned child. He says, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Now what's a weaned child? A weaned child is a child that's no longer nursing. A, a, a child that's no longer nursing can sometimes be fussy, a, a toddler if you will. And David says, look, I'm like a toddler, but I'm with my mother. And, and, a, and a child at that age just really kind of wants mom. If you don't have any kids... You might not have experienced this, but it's true. When a child is a certain age, they just want mom. And if dad tries to hold the child, it doesn't do much good. But if mom's there, the child is going to be okay. And David says, an interesting thing about that is when you think about journeying towards Jerusalem, Jerusalem in the Bible is a metaphor for Zion. You and I aren't journeying towards Jerusalem physically, but we are journeying towards a heavenly city. We are journeying towards an eternal city. And so as David says, I'm journeying towards Jerusalem and on the journey, my soul is at peace we can apply this to our lives as we journey towards eternity, as we journey towards Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. Our souls can be at peace. Like what? Like a child with his parents. Like a toddler. And so that's what this psalm intends to do. This psalm intends to give us more toddler-like moments as we journey in life. More toddler-like moments. And not the fussy toddler-like moments. But the peaceful toddler-like moments, in the arms of mom toddler-like moments, the moments where just everything is right in the world because you are with your source of comfort and provision. David's not talking about spiritual immaturity. When David says, uh, my soul is, is calmed and quieted, I'm like a weaned child. He's not talking about immaturity, spiritual immaturity. I mean, this is David. This is David who says, where are you, Lord? This is David who says, um, where can I go from your presence? This is David who does not shy away from hard questions and theological deep water. But David knows when to rest. David knows when to just be calm. David knows the presence of God, his, 
his soul is at rest. And so David is providing an illustration of a soul at peace. Uh, this is, this is, I, I don't know if there was ever a time in your life when you can look back on that moment and say, on that moment in that circumstance, I was just totally at peace. All was right with the world. I remember one time I was camping up in the mountains and I, I, I like to hammock camp, which for some of you that don't camp, that just means instead of carrying around a tent, you just carry around a hammock. And you find something and you put up your hammock and it's relaxing. And I remember putting up a hammock up in the mountains and just laying in the hammock and there was a light rainstorm and I wrapped the hammock around myself and I just rested in this cool mountain air, a light rainstorm. I'm sheltered. I'm smelling the pine trees. You know how the pine trees, the smell in the rain, it's just one of the most things that you're talking about. Find you some pine trees and in a rainstorm. It's, it's glorious. This day when I sleep sometimes, I just think of being cocooned in that hammock, in that light rainstorm, in those pine trees. And if I just think of that, then I physically just relax. And David is saying, when I am, when I am mindful of God's presence, when I am, when I am, when I am thinking about the Lord, I am at peace. I can just relax. And not just at a surface level. This isn't like a, a, a breathing technique to slow down your heart rate. This is a deep soul, inner person, peace experience. David says, my soul is like a child with my mother, like a weaned child, like a weaned child is my soul within me. And David says, notice he says in verse two, I have calmed and quieted my soul. And so God in, in, in the mystery of his providence has given us the ability to have a tactic for quieting our souls, for calming our souls. So if you tend towards anxiety, if you tend towards um, discontentment, this psalm is sort of opening up a world to you of quieting your soul and experiencing what David says is like deep inner rest. That's a great picture of peace, isn't it? A child with its mother. Well, that's the picture. What's the source? The source is in verse 1. The source is in verse 1, 131 Psalm 131 verse 1 says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too marvelous and too great for me. So the picture of peace is a weaned child with his mom. But how do we get there? How do we get that kind of peace? And I want you to consider the source of that childlike faith. And, and David uses the word not several times. Notice he says, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great for me. And this is the point. David is talking about humility. I mean, think about this for a moment. David is a king. He's a man with great responsibility. He commands armies. He has power. He has pressures. And in the midst of all of this, this warrior king says, my soul is like a child. My soul is like a child. And as he goes up to Jerusalem 
He's leading a people. He's leading a victorious people up to Jerusalem for their festivals. This is like the time when a leader would most feel empowered and most given to pride and most given to hubris and ego. And David says, not me. As I journey towards Jerusalem for the festivals, I am calmed and quieted. I am not haughty, not lifted up, not raised too high. I don't occupy myself with things too marvelous for me. The word for this is humility. The word for this is humility. And that's the connection we have to see. If we want more peace, we need more humility. The less humility we have, the less peace we'll have. In verse 1, literally in the Hebrew, it says, Not haughty my heart. Not haughty my heart. He's emphasizing the fact that he's not, he's not puffed up. He's not proud. In his inner man, he is lowly. Now, this is important. David's not commenting on his dress. He's not commenting on his demeanor. This isn't to say if you looked at David, you would go, there's a guy that's humble. Sometimes we think of humility as like a physical posture. But the reality is David would have been marching up to Jerusalem looking like a king, but his inner man was calm and quieted and humble. There are people that look humble that are puffed up inside, and there are people that look proud that are humble inside. You can't judge a book by its cover. And David on his way up to Jerusalem, no matter what you would have seen, a king, a commander, David says, no, I'm not worried about things beyond myself. David knows his station. He is a king, but God is the eternal king. He commands the armies on earth, but God commands armies in heaven. David is wise, but God is the source of wisdom. And, and David has pondered these things. He's, he's on his way to worship. He's pondering his sin. He's, he's humble. He's at peace. And here's the point. If we want to have more peace, we need to have more humility. When you find yourself lacking peace, you probably can trace it to some corresponding lack of humility. Sometimes we lack peace because we think we deserve more than we get. I mean, how often do you lack peace? And if somebody were to say, what's wrong? You didn't get something you, you thought you should have got. We lack peace when we have what Tim Keller calls an attitude. What have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately, God? Or that was a cool victory, God. And you feel left out and you, and you feel like you're not getting what you deserve. And your pride is going up. And as your pride goes up, your peace goes down. It's an inverse relationship between humility and anxiety. The more humility, the less anxiety. The less humility, the more anxiety. That's the point. How often do we lack peace because we feel we've not received the recognition we deserve? We're in a group of people and we're not getting the attention we think we should get. And so we're, we're bothered by that. Everybody's paying attention to that person and not me. And our anxiety goes up as our humility goes down. Now, now are you starting to see why Spurgeon says this psalm takes a short time to read, but a long time to learn? How long does it take you to learn to grow in humility that you can grow in peace? It's a lifetime, a lifetime. So David gives us a picture of peace, a child with his mother at rest, at deep inner rest. How do you get there? Well, you, you have to be humble before God. 
And this doesn't mean that you don't work hard, and this doesn't mean that you think deeply. This just means that that at the end of the day, you know that God is in control, that God loves you, that God is taking care of you, that God knows the future. This is, this is really a, a picture of trust. As a child trusts its mother, David trusts the Lord. And if you trust the Lord, you don't trust yourself. And trusting yourself is pride and trusting the Lord is humility. More humility, more peace. Less humility, more anxiety. Well, what's the result of that? If we will, if we will train our souls to trust the Lord, and by trusting the Lord, if we will quiet our souls, not look to the world to provide us with peace, but look to the Lord to provide us with peace, like David, if we will quiet our souls in the midst of the chaos and the noise by trusting in the Lord, what's going to happen? Well, look at the result. Verse 3. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. O Israel, hope in the Lord. So David, as the king of Israel, is projecting his peace and his humility to God's people and saying all of God's people, all of God's people should hope in the Lord. Now, let me comment on hope in the Bible, because this is really important. You know, faith, hope, and love, you've heard this, they go together in the Bible. And faith, hope, and love don't just go together like in the, in the Bible as literature. They go together sort of logically. And one commentator put it this way, faith rests in what is past, love works in the present, and hope looks to the future. Confidently, faithfully, these three things go together. And so David is tying these things together. We, we see his faith in God's provision. We see his confidence in God's sovereign care in his life. And we see his love for God's people because he wants, he wants God's people to experience that peace. I mean, when you experience this kind of peace, don't you want everybody to experience this kind of peace? Even if you've only gotten glimpses of it, don't you want others to have it? That's what David does. He, he I mean, that's the principle of charity. You, you, you do unto others as have you, you would have them do unto you. And so David says, I want other people to experience this. And, and what this results in is a hope in the Lord for the future. Hope in the Lord. These Three, what, Anse, uh, what Aquinas calls the theological virtues. And, and one of the greatest sources of anxiety in our life is anxiety. As we journey towards the heavenly Jerusalem, we can experience anxiety much like they might have experienced anxiety, thinking questions like this. 
Is God really going to forgive me? Will God really forgive me for that? Is the blood of Christ really sufficient to cover that sin? Is God's mercy really sufficient to welcome someone like me? And so as David journeys up to Jerusalem, as we journey towards the heavenly city, one of the greatest ways that our peace and our comfort can be stolen is with anxiety as we ponder the question, is God's grace really sufficient for me? And David is hoping in the Lord because he's confident that the Lord will deliver him. David has peace knowing that in the Lord you will not be disappointed. He will hold you fast. His blood will cover your sin. His love will never fail, will never give up, never run out. Right? We sing that song. If you're in his arms by faith, you're as secure as a child with its mother. You can be at peace. Jesus in Matthew 18, 3 says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Well, I think Jesus is picking up on these words of David, and he's saying, look, being saved is resting in God, and resting in God is like a child resting with its mother, its trust, its rest. You're not, you're not trying to earn your salvation. You're resting in what Jesus did to provide your salvation. You're not anxious about your, your, your spiritual state because your confidence isn't in anything you've done. It's in what God has done. I think this is exactly what David meant, and I think this is exactly what Jesus is saying. Listen to the words of Spurgeon. He says, weaning takes a child out of a temporary condition into a state of which he will continue for the rest of his life. To rise above the world is to enter upon a heavenly existence which can never end. When we cease to hanker for the world, let me say that again. When we cease to hanker for the world, we begin hoping in the Lord. O Lord, as a parent weans a child, so do thou wean me, and then shall I fix my hope on thee alone. And this is what David is saying. If, if your heart is set, if your desires are set on the things of the world, then it's a recipe for anxiety. And maybe you're here this morning and you've been experiencing a lot of anxiety this week. And it's probably tied to the fact that there is probably an, a ton of time you're spending focusing on some, something pertaining to uh, this world, you're worried about money, you're worried about your job, and the more you fixate on those things, which many, many of which are out of your control, then your anxiety grows. And David says, I'm, I'm at rest in the Lord. Hope in the Lord, humble yourself before the Lord, his rule and his reign. And so David says, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. And this is really important because sometimes we go through phases in life where we, things are going good in life and then they go bad and we hope in the Lord. It's like, I'm going to hope in the Lord because I just lost my job. And then you get the new job and then you kind of forget the Lord. Then you forget the Lord and then something else happens and you rush back. And so the Lord just kind of becomes like an, a, you kind of have a, an emergency room relationship with the Lord. You just go there when something goes really bad. 
And David says, that's not the picture. God doesn't intend for you to have some sort of roller coaster experience with peace and contentment. He intends for you to dwell in peace and contentment as you dwell in trust, as you dwell in trusting the Lord. One more quote from Spurgeon. He says, we are lifted out of our anxieties as our soul rests in heaven, rests in God, even as we journey on earth. And this is one of the great mysteries of the Christian faith. And I don't know if you've been walking with the Lord for a long time or if, or if maybe you're new to this whole thing. But one of the ironies is that even as you journey in life, you can experience some of the greatest hardships. And in those times of great hardship, experience some of the most profound peace. And why is that? You might have heard that, that people in, in times of great hardship experience, if they're walking with the Lord through faith in Jesus, great peace. And the reason is, is because in times of great hardship, you're less likely to trust in yourself. You're less likely to hold on to the things of the world. You're more likely to let things go and look forward to eternity, look forward to your heavenly rest, look forward to your Savior. And so one of the, the ironies is not only does God want us to just have an emergency room relationship with him, not only does God want us to have like regular times of peace and contentment, but the times that you think are going to be most disruptive to your peace actually in a paradoxical way are the greatest times of peace because Christ is most precious to you during those times. So this is the big idea. In order to experience contentment, you must exhibit humility. If you want to leave here today and have more peace this week than you did last week, it is a matter of trusting God, of looking to Christ and really trusting Christ has done everything necessary for me to forever and forever enjoy intimate fellowship in the presence of God. And not only that, but to trust. He, he's sovereign over my job. He's sovereign over my health. He's sovereign over my grades. He's in control. If David, a king, can know that there's a king above him, a commander of armies above him, the giver of wisdom, the giver of life, if David can know that, you can know that, and I can know that, and we can experience the same peace on our journey that David experienced on his. So this is our prayer that God would give us humility that results in peace. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we confess that we try to control things and we try to figure everything out and we need to hear this psalm today and rest. Father, I pray that David's song would become our song, that we would rest in you, that we would trust in you. I pray, Lord, that, that in whatever situation we find ourselves, whatever anxiety we have, I pray that you would help us to cast our cares on you because you do care for us. Lord, and if we will think about your Savior, Jesus, I pray, Father, that we would find an endless supply of peace, an endless well of calm for our souls. Lord, I think about this church with such talented individuals, such significant positions, such, such impact, such genuine impact. Lord, there are great responsibilities represented here in this congregation. 
And Lord, I pray that even though the responsibilities are great, that your peace would be greater and that your peace would enable your people to not only experience, but to show others what it looks like to rest in the Lord, even with great responsibility and great trials and great hardship. Father, would you do this for your glory? We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Adam. As we uh, finish off and close out the service, uh, I invite you guys to spend a little bit of time to think and to meditate on that, um, to meditate on humility and where our hope and our trust is in. That you would ask God to give you that peace, to show you the places that you are, that all of us really need to humble ourselves. And it says in Scripture in multiple places that as we humble ourselves in the sight of God, He will lift us up. is all we
never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. Father, we pray that we would trust you for all that you are and all that you say you are. The great I am who was and is and will be forever. In all our ways, Lord, I pray that we would trust you, humble ourselves before you, recognize your greatness and your glory and our weakness, Lord your grace would be made strong where we fail and where we are weak that you would be shown mighty we pray for everyone here give us a cool day supply us with the strength we need for the week let us lean into you and love you with all our hearts we ask in Jesus name Amen thank you everyone for joining us Please stay cool, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Same time.